0: Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. The hey, welcome uh, to the podcast. I'm, uh, uh, this is Deacon John, and I'm still about eight days out from uh, being ordained a priest. We're kind of in a marathon right now of recording to get us through uh, June, but I am pleased to announce the newest addition to Catholic Stuff, the one and only Mr. Nathan Goble. That's right. Old but new, delightfully ready. Delightfully ready. He is famous first for beating me about a year ago in the quiz show, quiz show, quiz show, which was probably the worst uh, experience of my life. Embarrassing. Embarrassing. uh, Completely embarrassing. But we decided anyways to bring him back in February, where he did a fine podcast on meat on Fridays, which really wasn't even the topic. Capybara. Capybara, which is good to eat i guess is what they tell us yep venezuela oh well, at least theologically, we don't know if it's actually tasty but uh it's good to know that um you know we needed a little variation in hairstyles and uh so we brought in this guy with a mullet nathan global i'm looking at it right now it's looking uh like barry melrose for those hockey fans that's out right
1: there. i'm currently in stage three i will soon be visiting mignon who cuts at cost cutter <laughs> that's right her name is mignon like the steak <laughs> Um, and she is a 300 pound black woman and she will be, uh, cutting stage four here soon. Are you sure it's not
0: pronounced Minion?
1: No, she actually corrected me.
0: It's (laughs) Minion, like the steak. Okay. There you go. The, uh, topic today, uh, is one, uh, that I thought of this morning because, uh, the last two podcasts we recorded were kind of a little sloppy, I'd say a little sloppy, which we recorded yesterday little manwitch little man which uh, it was it was a sloppy sloppy Joe you know Joe Doman who's here in the room <laughs> so we can't uh, say anything bad about him and uh, but you know I thought to myself yesterday it was kind of a desolate day and uh, the people who are listening to the podcast they probably have stopped listening by the time they get to this one but for those of you who persevered through the last two weeks and actually did not stop listening I thought today would be a good topic to do on how discernment of spirits works okay and the reason for that is today i'm happy i'm I'm happy to be here i'm happy to be alive feeling you know, better feeling better it's a good day even though it's still raining it's been raining for two days straight which i have not seen happen in colorado in about five years it sounds like you're
1: going through some form of debilitating disease and saying it's a good day today you know
0: yeah, yeah. it's but a good day yeah you know today's a better day how's the pain well it's only a nine today it's a good day yeah the uh, topic comes from the 16th century. We always have to go back in history just to impress people. And we, we make up dates and names, like Maximus the Confessor. He didn't even really exist. so. But that was a good yeah. you know, good topic for us. I saw him in a coloring book once. <laughs> was he without a tongue, by any chance? <laughs> and a malformed hand. Sick. The, uh, it's hard uh, to get the drawn inside the lines on that. <laughs> So what I'm looking at in my hand is a copy of the Spiritual Exercises of St. Ignatius in this lovely pink cover. Now, the exercises are uh, something that all of us have done. Joe did, Nathan did, Tyler Eberly who is a friend of ours sitting in the room right now. We all did this. You do it in your first year. It's a 30-day silent retreat uh, where you go through the exercises. You essentially go through, walk through the whole life of Christ uh, for a month in silence. It's super intense, but there's kind of a deeper spiritual Uh, thing that's happening so to speak and that's called the discernment of spirits when we talk about spirits what are we talking about what kind of spirits
1: well whiskey is a spirit uh vodka uh, other forms of strong alcohol so this this is really about how what to choose for your after dinner drink
0: something like that Uh, good spirits and evil spirits okay yeah so like maker's mark bourbon that'd be a good spirit and uh, an evil spirit would be probably, I don't know, Captain Morgan's or, uh, you know, yeah. whatever you were drinking McCormick's. is probably what you were yeah. drinking in high school. Yeah. Uh,
1: Bud Ice. <laughs> Budweiser Ice would be a, a bad spirit. There's yeah. a bad spirit
0: associated with that. <laughs> Anytime you try and take. An alcoholic beverage and put the word like ice on it or, uh, you know, something like that. Mint julep, so to speak. That's Nathan's easy. favorite. Uh oh, sorry. Easy. Okay. E- easy. Okay. Moving on. The Essentially what happens in the spiritual life is that you have um, a fluctuating um, movements in the heart, movements in the spiritual life. And so you're kind of moving in between states of consolation. We'll talk about what that is in a second. And desolation. And it's it's interesting because a healthy spiritual life is one that is moving constantly from s- consolation and desolation. But that's not the first thing we'd think. Usually we would think if it's desolate, if things are desolate, if, if, if things dark, you don't feel close to God, then that's bad. And when you feel close to God and he's like giving you a big warm hug or whatever, you, you know, Nathan, you were praying about this morning. <laughs> the uh, uh, I can't take you seriously, so I can't look at you. Um then we think that's good. That's good spiritual life. (laughs) Whatever you're thinking about saying, don't say it. (laughs) The mullet is off-putting, so it's it's best for radio. It is. It is disturbing. So um, I'm going to read to you uh, a definition according to St. Ignatius on what uh, desolation is. This is what he says. It's characteristic of the evil spirit to harass with anxiety to afflict with sadness, to raise obstacles, uh, backed by fallacious reasoning to disturb the soul. It's characteristic of the good spirit. This is consolation. However, to give courage and strength, consolation, tears, inspirations, and peace. So at different points, you have the Holy Spirit actively working in your soul, giving you faith, hope, and love, peace, and joy, these different things that we like that are good things. But then other times, the evil spirit is inflicting um anxieties sadness desolation into your heart so in those moments of affliction uh we have de- a desolation experience of desolation god doesn't feel close he feels very distant if, if life kind of feels like hell uh but then you, ex- you go to the other side when the holy spirit infuses in your heart these different things now off the first thing nathan you have to explain to him here it looks like it's like two rival spirits like satan is equal to the holy spirit sometimes they each get a share why would god allow that to happen right I got to do that? (laughs) Yeah. This is how it works. Well. uh, You got to prove yourself worthy of this podcast. Well,
1: considering I've lived in a state of utter desolation for the past uh, (laughs) six years of my life. um, the um, Yeah. So what's the question again? I feel like Miss America or something. (laughs) I personally (laughs) believe that the,
0: the people of the Iraq...
1: So the, the difference between the evil spirit... Why would
0: God allow the evil spirit to afflict my soul yesterday with desolation? Well, some,
1: at, at, at times the, uh,
0: the evil spirit can actually draw us
1: closer to God, uh, as well as uh, false consolations can lead us away from God. So the important thing about discernment is uh, seeing into the state of your feelings and not just, I feel bad. Right, right um so god god allows your your passions and the movements of your soul uh without kind of micromanaging you but um he is like a lover who wants you know he 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 comes close and then he draws away so i i got annoyed with my ex-girlfriend sometimes uh, even though i really liked her uh, but I can't spend every moment with her. And yeah, as we you can't can,
0: deal with your past. Right yeah, now, and as you it? can
1: imagine, you know, with this nasally voice, maybe there were times that she couldn't deal with me either. So, um, so God would, it's not that he doesn't want us to be around him all the time, but I think he wants us to be around
0: him for the right reasons. And that's exactly right. You got it, it is exactly right. <laughs> That's perfect. We're done. That was a great podcast. Any questions? Let's go concerns, to the email can, and uh, wrap this up. Wrap this puppy up. Yeah, that no, that really is true. The uh, especially the part about the girlfriend. Um, but if God only gave us consolation, we would only desire the consolation of God instead of the God of consolation. Yeah. So He actually, in a strange way, permits. Uh, the evil spirit to work, so to speak, to make us desolate and anxious, because it's in those moments when we actually cry out to God in a deeper way. That's when we realize we need him. When everything's great and wonderful spiritually, we really don't think we need God because everything's just perfect. And we feel like, oh, it's just great. Everything's fine. But when we're, our life is falling apart, when you feel completely isolated, when you feel totally alone, we feel like God is not present. Like you have no faith, feel, feel that, um, you actually desire it and you and you pray in a different way and you cry out to him in a different way. And that's really important. And if we didn't have that constantly, we would, we would just be kind of like numb. You know, God doesn't just come down and just zap us with peace for the rest of our life. It's still a struggle. We're still fully human beings. And sometimes the decisions we make lead us into desolation. Sometimes they lead us into consolation. But all the while, the, there's this kind of interplay that's constantly working. So Ignatius, being the rock star spaniard grande that he is gives us these rules for the discernment of spirits now we don't have time to go through all of them uh but there's a great book that i'll recommend um by timothy gallagher called the discernment of spirits instead of a pink cover it's got a purple cover <laughs> don't, uh, stop doing weird things over there just pay attention for like three seconds so the uh the foundation of ignatian prayer is this discernment of spirits the way that you discern spirits is in what's called an examine an examine prayer so tell us about your examine from yesterday. Just you know, I'm just joking. I don't want him to reveal private. Yeah.
1: Know? Well, essentially, the examine usually occurs in the middle of the day and at the end of the day, and it's sort of a gut check. Um, I try to do my examine uh, before mass begins. Um, after I've you know put on my black dress, known as a cassock, <laughs> um, and you just kind of run through the a fast forward of what did I do today. And what felt, uh, what did I feel? Was it good? Was it bad? Maybe some interplay that you had with somebody that maybe you're still mulling about. Um, maybe something in prayer occurred that you really were too groggy to even understand without three more cups of coffee. Um, and you, my experience has just been to just uh, to just realize that, okay, God is present. I believe you're here. And somehow you're working in my life. Uh, I wouldn't say that I've fully mastered the exam to the point where I can isolate consolation or desolation, but I know generally I'm either pissed or I'm happy. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> and,
0: and, and I think the important thing is that. Uh, We have to take the emotions seriously. There's two different extremes. There's one is just to suppress all the emotions. If you're a German choleric like myself, that's the huge temptation. But that never satisfies. Stoicism. Then you end up doing something crazy, you know, a week later, like, you know, I don't know, putting a knife in Domen's back or something like that. I don't know. You do something crazy when you suppress your emotions. The other side of it is to be completely ruled by your emotions like just completely run by them where uh, you you actually have no self-mastery over them. So the examine twice a day, if you're looking for a great practical way uh, to grow in the spiritual life and in union with God, I think the examine is is brilliant. Five minutes at the beginning or the middle of the day, five minutes at the end of the day, just take a moment, review the things that have happened and the things that you're feeling in the heart. And what you're doing is you're checking into the heart and you're you're seeing how God is actively working but it, i think it's really freeing to hear for people to hear it's okay if you're feeling anxious desolate pissed off like i was yesterday when we recorded the podcast and then today everything's so great i'm so happy i'm right. just so peaceful and joyful it, it happens and it happens in very extreme time it, it starts to get real extreme uh when you're about to make a big life decision i.e. Become a priest in a week, so it's not a surprising thing. And my spiritual director, who's also the same as yours, who's a Jesuit, who knows this inside and out, who's formed us in this over the years, made that very clear. Like, why would you expect anything else uh, than than an extreme shift of consolations, desolations in your heart? You kind of just got to ride it out. Hold on, and it's pretty crazy. Now, riddle me this, Nathan. Uh, for a guy like me, what would you counsel me? I was told this morning by a certain friend of ours, a Joe. That I am, quote, the most addictive personality he's ever met in his life. He said to me, whatever substance seems to be most prevalent or most immediate you seem to abuse to in order to medicate yourself. So... Here I am, a week out from ordination, drinking my fifth cup of coffee this That's morning. Misquote, just so Yesterday know. I was drinking Maker's. Discard that it. last comment. <laughs> yeah. So what do I? Uh, that was a general paraphrase, Joe. The, uh, so the question is: How does that affect my discernment of spirits if I'm just like constantly medicating myself on every substance possible?
1: Well, uh, I think this kind of goes into the idea of God as vending machine, um, where uh we're hoping and praying that god is going to give us a milky way and we press e5 and he gives (laughs) us like sand water um and at the time it's like why did i really wanted some caramel but uh you gave me this instead so instead of receiving what god has given us uh we attempt we attempt or you attempt because we're examining you right you attempt to, to to make up your own consolations Uh, and you find a different vending machine. And there are plenty of options that you can choose from. Uh, Prayer uh, can even be a kind of vending machine. Uh, Perhaps you need to make a decision, and you've prayed about it, and you still feel like this is a decision you need to make, and you should go through with it, but you start your sixth novena about it. Right. Um, So the danger in that would be uh, seeking... Seeking to remedy your own consolation and that generally doesn't work, uh, but it's good for the time. You know, five cups of coffee can actually be helpful in some way or another, but some way. sand, water, what can you really do with that unless you're throwing it in somebody's
0: eye? <laughs> so, that is true. The uh, and I think the important thing is that you know, coffee, alcohol, tobacco, these are good things. Catechism says friendship, good things. friendship,
1: friendship, TV, um. You know, reading, uh, good reading, and bad reading. I mean, you know, Danielle Steele, good reading. No. Uh, the
0: Summa could be bad reading. No, no, no. No, Danielle Steele, do not. So the point of this is saying uh, don't abuse the things that you love when you get in a state of desolation. And uh, that's a very tempting thing yeah. to do. Don't go home and drink, have five scotches because you had a bad day. It, be Use things in moderation regardless of the consolation, regardless of the desolations, because right. it will not satisfy. It won't compensate. Well, I guess one question that I would have
1: is what do you do with desolation then? What do you do when it seems like all you're getting is the anxiety, frustration, sand water cocktail uh, that can come... When you're really kind of fed up with everything else. Okay, here's a good thing. Here's a good quote from. Uh, I'm looking for many of our Catholic listeners, or uh, you know, Jewish listeners out there. Who knows? Uh, may be experiencing
0: desolation. So, right. let's, let's not preach just to the uh, to those consoled or those addicted. Yeah. The, uh, here's this is from Ignatius. This is rule eight. When one is in desolation, he should strive to persevere in patience. Uh, This reacts against the vexations that have overtaken him. Let him consider, too, that consolation will soon return. And in the meantime, he must diligently use the means against desolation, which have been given in the sixth rule. The sixth rule said, more prayer, more meditation, more examination yourself. Intensify your activities against the uh, desolation. Right. I can't speak, but you have to talk about the don't change anything. Okay, so here's the basic three rules summed up. Uh, rule five is never make a change in desolation. Rule six is uh, intensify your activities against the desolation. And rule eight is be uh, persevere in patience. First rule, let's go back, to, or fifth rule, so to speak, the first one I just said. Never make a decision in desolation. This is very important, right? Do not, do not ever make a life decision to make a change in a state of desolation. That's huge. That's a huge Huge thing, whether you're discerning marrying somebody, whether you're discerning priesthood, whether you, do, you have to have good guidance and you have to have a real understanding of I'm in a, I'm in a consoled place, I'm in the Holy Spirit when I make this decision. Right. If we would have left seminary uh, every time we felt desolation, I would have lasted about, I don't know, five days or something yeah. like that. Uh, you have to learn to kind of persevere through the desolations and never act, even though you're thinking, I don't want to go to mass, I don't want to do this, I don't want to, you know, whatever. But uh, it's a huge thing. Never make a change in desolation. Rule five. That's rule five. Rule number six: Intensify our activities against desolation. Now, this is not fun necessarily, because when you're pissed off and desolate, the last thing you want to do is pray more. Right. It really, you really don't want to. More prayer, more meditation, more examination of yourself. It really, really uh, is not an easy thing to do. But it's the best thing you can do. That's the best way you can resist the desolation and really grow in the spiritual life. Is by in those when it's hard it's going to be more effective. It's going to be more powerful, more efficacious. Right, And offer that suffering for people. That's a really beautiful thing to do as well. And then the last thing is just patience. He should strive to persevere in patience, is what he says. Trusting that consolation will soon return. So Ignatius gives this beautiful thing. He says, in times of consolation, prepare your heart for the upcoming desolation. And in times of desolation, persevere in patience because consolation will soon return.
1: Yeah, with consolation... Sometimes when you're in consolation, it can feel like it's going to last forever. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of a you're having a great day, and then somebody says, "Hey, by the way, desolation's returning soon." It's like, thanks, Debbie Downer. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't want to think about that. There's yeah. Me. So I think the point of that is you're you're going to be walking through a desert, and when you get to an oasis, you need to drink deeply. Um, but staying at the o- oasis will never get you to your end goal. Yeah. Um, and whether that's whether you're already in. Um, your vocation or you' you're thinking about your vocation or you're just trying to go through life, uh, the deserts will come. Uh, but if you haven't drunk deeply of consolation and understand what is true consolation, then um, when this when sandstorm comes, you're gonna be a little little testy.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. And sometimes the it's almost like the greater you get a grow in holiness, the more you're able to withstand extreme desolation. Uh, You think of Mother Teresa, Nathan went to India. uh, How many years ago is that? A couple years ago. Yeah, five. He was in India, and uh, he worked with Mother Teresa's sisters. Now, if I'm correct on this, and you know more about her life than I do, Mother Teresa experienced kind of some unbelievable consolation around the foundation of the community when God called her to start the Missionaries of Charity. And then at some point afterwards, she experienced about 40 years of, of absolute desolation which Time Magazine picked up and said, look, this woman didn't have faith, blah, blah, blah. And they tried to kind of dethrone her. But what we're saying is actually that's totally unbelievable. I made it about six hours through desolation yesterday being really pissed off and miserable. She made it through 40 years of that. So there's something about her spiritual life that's able to withstand. She drank so deeply during those moments of consolation but was so able to embrace the cross uh, and be unified with Christ in that for 40 years. It's, It's kind of unimaginable almost. Right. That the woman had such darkness and
1: Yeah, and, and it's hard because, in a way, she was consoled through horrific acts of mercy. I mean, she herself said, if I would have never picked up my first leper, I would never have picked up my 5,000th leper. But if you've never been around a leper or bathed someone who is covered in trash and excrement... Um, it's not like, oh, this is what consolation would be like, but somehow she found joy in that. Uh but yet at the same time she still was thirsting and seeking for for God. Um who was present to her. And the important thing is that God is present to to every one of us. Uh sometimes we feel him, sometimes we don't, but uh he's always open.
0: But oftentimes he wants to give us a deeper understanding of con- a deeper experience of consolation. You know, when I was first right. converted, uh, I was in high school, and this is big for high school kids like myself. It was like if you don't feel something in prayer, uh, your prayer was horrible. And what happened? I was on that retreat; it right. should have been amazing. What happened? And you kind of feel for that. But then, as you get older and more matured in the faith, you start to um, you start to think, um, okay, the, the consolation will, it'll be a deeper form of consolation. To the point of Mother Teresa uh, experiencing consolation in horrific acts like you were saying like just a horrible suffering human suffering yeah but a beautiful mercy so persevering in those moments of desolation give you a deeper more profound experience of consolation when otherwise we just would want to stay on superficial level yeah and sometimes people will say
1: did you receive a word in prayer you know can you share us a little something that you well you know you were just in the presence of god and the fact that you may not have anything to say Or can formulate something around that, it's okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because if God is your friend, and you know, with your own friends, you know, you spent two hours with your best friend. What did you guys talk about? I don't even remember. Did you feel better after you left there? Yeah, I felt great. Right. Um, And sometimes you're with your best friend and you're really hoping that you feel great. um, And, you know, things just weren't clicking like they were. Like, you know, just yesterday, you were just (laughs) talking to me. It was so painful. So, I mean,. But God is always, I mean, he's, he's present, but the hard part about it is to, to believe that and to, to know that even in the good times, even in the bad times, you know, the, the, the swinging spirits that are always in flux, um, that
0: he is the mainstay. He's the, the rock. Amen. Amen. Well, dude, I got to go to physical therapy here in a minute. So, uh, why don't we close with an email? This is your final test before you are officially on board. This is from Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Hey guys, I'm a junior in college and I'm coming back to the faith after falling away for the first two years of college. But I have a problem because I am coming back to the faith and learning more and more about growing in God and I have come across a lot of stuff discouraging dating outside the faith. I am dating a Jewish girl. She's amazing and we agree on all moral issues except gay marriage, but I want to know, is dating outside the church acceptable? Nathan Goble. Well,
1: (sighs) oh man. This is your oral conference. Here. I would, I would recommend reading uh, the story of Ruth and Boaz. Um, uh, it's somewhere in the Bible, uh, so you can Google. Um, Isn't it in Ruth? Is in Ruth? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, because it's Ruth and Boaz. Um, but uh, you know, Boaz, Ruth, Ruth was not a, a Jewish woman. Uh, she was a pagan, and Boaz was a Jewish man. And she didn't really have um, Anything But her love for him But when the time came She wanted to be close to him And say I will Whatever travel with you And my lodgings will be your lodgings So um, you can be an, A great influence for her um, And her tradition The Jewish tradition is fascinating And I think you could learn a lot more about your faith Through that um, Now Will it be, you know, fast forward and, you know, 40 years down the road, or no, I guess not 40, that'd be, you'd already be a grandfather by then or something. <laughs> um, but, you know, uh, five years down the road, you guys get married, and now she's going to synagogue on Saturday night, and you're going to Mass on Sunday morning, and where do you send your children, and, and you can start to play with those issues and
0: talk about them, but um, listen to the discernment of spirits, I guess. There you go. The, uh, the basic short answer is uh yes it is it is okay yeah will, will it bring different difficulties yeah but you have to trust that you know god has brought her into your life for a reason and um that as long as you're staying close in prayer you'll be able to discern if this is his will um now there will be difficulties in terms of just culturally and uh religious things but as you progress you're just gonna have to really talk through those things you have to really examine those things um and uh, it is good that she is Jewish because you share so much essentially Catholics are nothing but all the the claim is that Jesus Christ has fulfilled Judaism it's not a different religion so to speak it's it's the fulfillment and so uh, in some ways it's beautiful uh, if she could see that but if it's not it's not necessary I know a guy uh, Sam Perry here in town his wife Becky was Jewish and they were married for 30 years or so and then she became Catholic after 30 years of marriage but uh, would some, would it have been right for someone to say, Sam, there's no way you can date this Jewish girl back here? No way. Um, absolutely not. It would have been wrong to say to him. And so, uh, you know, I think, uh, Kevin, we trust you and the, and the church trusts you and, and just stay close to the Lord uh, in persevering and guiding it, but also get some good advice from, um, you know, a priest or a, somebody who you trust spiritually to help articulate what those issues are so that you can really communicate that with her as things kind of
1: yeah and pray together I think that's the the, the biggest key as you as you continue to grow in your relationship you know find things that you can do together and then you can pray together if you can read uh, the Old Testament together uh, and really come to a greater understanding of your shared heritage right it's great you don't need to get her to be baptized before you
0: mm-hmm. seal the deal nope and uh, take consolation in Boaz because, uh, Boaz yeah Ooh, there you go I think that's all for this week. Good to have you. That's great. We uh, the way this will work is is Nathan, aka Natty Ice, will be a <laughs> third uh, kind of component. So Joe and Nathan and I will be kind of rotating through. So you'll you'll hear his luscious radio voice uh, quite frequently from this point forward. And grateful to have him. So thank for, you. Thanks for the mullet. Keep it keep it uh, growing out. Barry Melrose is proud. Keep it clean. Catholic stuff you should know. Or no wait. On Facebook, it's Catholic Stuff, you should know. And then uh, Catholic Stuff Podcast at gmail.com for any questions or thoughts. Thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.